Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello, hello, hello there. This is episode 84 of the WP Builds Podcast, entitled Build 48 Websites, in a weekend for good causes with Adam Walker. It was published on Thursday, the 12th of July, 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And I'll be joined a little bit later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com so that we can have our pre-interview discussion, which is called, how do we get clients on our care plans? And then after we've had the interview with Adam Walker, we'll have our little ending fact, which today very succinctly is called Gutenberg. Please go over to the wpbuilds.com website where you can find all of the buttons underneath the podcast player. I have to say, I've been saying this sort of thing over and over again for weeks. I've been saying, please give us an iTunes five-star review and then never really explored that much further. And I'm delighted to say that we've got loads of five-star reviews. I mean, I don't know if we've got loads, but to me, it feels like rather a lot. So I'm, I'm really pleased. Anybody who listens to this and feels that they would like to do that, I would be most obliged if you can figure out how to press the iTunes button underneath our podcast player and then work out from there how to leave us a review. That's really, really great of you. Thank you. Um, we have at forward slash subscribe, so that's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. There's every conceivable way under the sun of subscribing to our bulletins and newsletters and so on. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you go over to forward slash deals, uh, you'll be able to find 20% off toolset plugin, 25% off the main WP plugin, 80% off blocks party, and 20% off blog vault malcare. So yeah, maybe worth going to forward slash deals. The other one to mention is if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash win, we have a competition on at the moment and it's a competition for a unlimited license, an unlimited lifetime license for the breezy page builder and also five coupon codes to get yourself some money off should you fail to win the, the ultimate prize. So there we go. Right, um, what to say about Adam Walker? What a great initiative. He's set up this company, well, charity really, called 48 in 48. And they've decided that periodically throughout the year, throughout the world, in fact, they're going to get a load of people in a room and give them the task of building 48 websites for charitable causes. It's such a lovely, phenomenally cool idea. Um, he'll be on in just a moment. But uh, yeah, if you stick around for that, that would be great. But for now, it's going over to me and David for our regular discussion. I hope that you enjoy this week's podcast. And today's discussion is entitled, How do we get clients on our care plans? Luckily, Nathan, I have completely nailed this one. So if you want to take a little kip, I can take care of it and charge up for the interview. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> believes that's how the broadcast works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll sit back. I'm going to recline in my recliney chair and let you talk. No, I, do you know what? I haven't got this figured out at all because the majority of the websites that we've done before we had a proper plan 
well, those folks are just not interested in coming on the plan at all. And I see lots of other folks in our community having this difficulty of convincing their clients to come on the plan, either new clients or old clients. So what do you do, Nathan? I um, I struggle with this, actually, um, in that I offer it all the time. But I, I don't know what my percentage of clients um, coming on board are, but it's it's nowhere near all of them. I mean, nowhere near all of them. What I do is right at the beginning, when we start out on the project, I I drop heavy hints about it. And in the proposal, I mention it. And mm. in, in any contract, I mention it. Um, and I give them the URL to the, the page on my website where we list out all the reasons. And, and I've kind of adopted a little bit of the what what I think works is mm. a little bit of the, the fear of uh, the fear tactics, if you know what I mean, you know, in the sense that you've got a website, but there are vulnerabilities and software and must be updated and so on. So I take it from that point of view, you know, somebody's got to go in, update mm. this stuff. And if it's not going to be you and you're not going to be proactive, then let it be me. Um, and then from there on, I offer sort of like more interaction with me for more fees per month. So yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We were talking before and it just shows how different businesses have to approach this differently because I'm going for quite cheaper care plan where they don't get any of my time included in mm. it. So, so I feel with the pricing that I offer, everyone should take it up. And actually, in some ways, I have nailed it because since we got the care plan and changed how we approach the business, everybody has taken it up because we start the conversation from the beginning. And I, you know, just thinking about this topic, I, I kind of got it cemented in my own mind what I'm actually doing. And effectively, my business is selling hosting and care mm. and the web website is an add-on to that um, service that i offer ongoing because the website changes and i want that client for life so yeah the approach is very different do you um was there a moment where you suddenly changed the way that you speak or the time that you introduced it that allowed you to go from you know less conversions to this 100% conversion model did you start to speak about it in a different way or encourage them to think about a different aspect of it what what was it that was promoting the the sudden uptake yeah the the, the change was just that it's the first thing we do so when somebody's asking for some kind of price we're just saying here's the ongoing price but it gives them the option to opt out but we because I'm doing a cheaper plan and because the licenses for the products that we're using generally cost as much if not more than our plan yes we we nailed it in the first place because you can say well you can either take all the stress yourself and pay for your licenses or come with us where it's going to be cheaper and you don't get the stress so that in a way sorted that out but that's not a possibility for anybody who's going to put some of their time into that care plan mm, yeah i mean with your licenses are you, are you which licenses in in particular if you wish to discuss that and presumably you're on a like an unlimited kind of license where you pay a, a, a bit more each year annually or whatever, but then you spread that out over the care plans and it enables you to be profitable. Yeah, exactly. It's you know it's Beaver Builder in my case. Yeah, I mean that would be the same with any sort of pro page builder that anyone was using. If yes. the customers want that facility to be able to change their sites easily, yes, then they would have to pay somebody for that anyway. So that's how we do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I I include. Um, a little bit of my time and actually mm. I think that's quite a for me that works quite well because the way I couch it often is okay so if you buy this care plan you will get uh, my time 
And then I mention in the same, you know, in the same conversation, I'll mention what my hourly rate is. And usually mm. it's quite favorable. You know, you'll get half an hour of my time uh, a month, but you'll also get the the backups and you'll get the updates that I'll do. Um, yeah. But the, you know, the, the time equation, it can be quite powerful because what I've discovered, most of the clients that are coming onto my care plans are people that, well, that two two avenues really. Most of them are either they're pretty scared of the technology and they don't want anything to do with it because of the fear of breaking things themselves. Mm. So for them, um, they just want that reassurance of, look, you're going to take care of it uh, because I'm a bit worried. Or there's the other side where the people are seemingly they're too busy and they're working for a company where there's maybe a department that, that they're in and they've been tasked with getting a website built, but they're too busy doing other things and they just want to hand it over not necessarily because they don't they're frightened of it they just don't have the time and they just want to say right you do it it's your responsibility our budget will cover that that's fine just make sure that it all ticks over but mm-hmm. i um i get them to write out a list every month usually it ends up in a word document and i just say look let's tackle the things in your bullet point list once a month we'll do half an hour or whatever it might be we'll go through the list make sure to put it in order of the the things you want to achieve and clearly Couched in terms of look, we can't redesign whole entire pages in half an hour, but we could change something that you would like a different color on, or you want the position moving, or you'd like to introduce a new row or something like that. Mm. Um, or we would tackle a new the, the beginnings of a new page or something, and then we go through the list. And usually we don't get through the list, which means that at the end of that half an hour conversation, there's always that opportunity to say, look, what we'll do is we'll tackle the four things that we didn't do in next month's meeting and that then kind of lines it all up for carrying on the the subscription if you know what i mean yeah well you know what you just talking before we started recording just really made a lot of sense because your your pricing is pretty much in line with a, a good majority of people who have care plans with you know similar time in it mm. and they always seemed expensive to me and i just thought the majority of my clients just will not go for that monthly commitment mm. but when you couch it in terms of your hourly rate and yeah. on all the jobs that are done within that care plan it kind of you know it seems well, it's, it's cheap suddenly again it's- well you know they're also going to be anecdotally whether whether they're in business and they don't have an hourly rate or whether they're you know if they're running their own business and they just cream the profits and whatever that is each month is what they get or they're salaried and they're working in a department they'll they'll have some anecdotal idea of what an hourly rate should be and I, I tell them mine and nothing about that suddenly seems unreasonable because let's say yeah. you're 50 pounds an hour um, and the website care plan is a hundred pounds a month effectively mm. you're saying uh, that's two hours of my time and then I send out client reports so that I mention, look, I've updated this plugin, this plugin, this plugin. And usually on a website in a month, there's quite a fair amount of those plugins that mm-hmm. have got updated. Even if you're just using normal, you know, you haven't got a whole array of plugins. You've just got five or six. They get updated and they get updated often multiple times in a month. And then I list out how many backups I've got and I push Google Analytics data into those website care plan mm-hmm. reports. And and I think that is quite a powerful thing as well. You, so linking it to the to the hourly rate, I, I think is a personally, mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing to do because nobody, nobody. Well, I mean, everybody wants to get something for nothing, but most reasonable people will realise that's nonsense. Yeah, I mean, it is tricky with the value of these things, and of course, oh, it, yeah. it depends on your because I've 
I know other people have tried to do this and I have with my old clients. I've tried to persuade, well, usually via my colleague for people who ought to be on the plan to come on it because they have problems, but they don't because it doesn't, it doesn't work if I try any scare tactics because they, they think that I'm just trying to push up the value. Mm. I think, because, but, but actually to be fair to them, most of the old sites that I used to manage before that haven't come on the care plan probably don't need it now until no. they needed a redesign because no. a lot of those don't have page builders. So there's less moving parts. Yep. Yep. I think it's so, not the, the the sort of scare tactics that I alluded to earlier. Mm. The way I sort of couch it is um, that software is just vulnerable, you know, and it needs yeah. to be updated. So it's more a question. It's a bit like Windows Update, you know. If mm. you don't keep updating your computer, you just start to open a window of opportunity for people, and they could do silly things like deface your site or take it down and. Uh, if the client has any interest in investing in a website, hopefully they've got interest in it being live all the time so that the longer things are not updated, you know, it, it's a, it's, it feels a bit like selling insurance in a way, which is, I think, what it is. Um, yeah. You know, you're sort of saying, buy this and I'll make sure that it's at least up to date. You know, there's no guarantees because yes. even, even the most up-to-date software, somebody's going to figure out a way through it. But at least you don't have to do it. Um, and we're not trying to scare you like, oh, my goodness, the sky is falling in. But just like, let us do it. Then you can at least stop worrying about it. And we'll take the backup so that it, if it really does go pear-shaped and it all disappears off the internet, well, at least we can get you back up reasonably quickly. And most people simply do not have an interest in doing that stuff themselves or yeah. and or don't have the technical, they don't have the, the, um, the knowledge to do it. I was in a client website the other day and I, I just showed them like backup body and mm. i just said look if you just click this button you can get an extra backup and it sort of occurred to me as i was doing it actually i'm i'm explaining to this client my mm. entire backup strategy for for their <laughs> website but yes. they were they rather than being appalled oh that's ridiculously easy they were actually really pleased they were kind of like oh so you mean i can do a backup as well as you yeah 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 that's that's it and then just save it and they thought that was great not they didn't see that as cheapening my care plan. They just saw that that was a really cool thing. Yeah. Do you know what? There's there's something that I've come to realize that is a value that we don't really talk about. And that's it. I mean, how many of your clients have been suckered into all sorts of bad SEO schemes or ad campaigns being, you know, they've been spammed at and they've fallen for somebody else's tricks and that. Yeah, I've noticed. Re yeah, exactly. I've noticed recently when we have that ongoing relationship with people, they go and drop you an email. We've had this. What do you think? Yeah. And I just say, yeah. stay clear yeah. and save them a lot of hassle. And I yeah. just think, that's undervalued, that long-term. That's what I'm really focusing on. So in a way, I've gone slightly different to you. I've gone for the fact that if anybody's got any small money they can pay on an ongoing basis and I can make that profitable, I'll have it. But I'll be in your camp for as long as you want me, you know, for all stuff, you know. I, I think that the the meeting that I do with most of my clients, most of them use it, not all of them. You know, some of them will just pay me the money each month and they don't really want to do the... Uh, the actual phone in where I speak to them, but a lot of them do. That's yeah. a really good way of keeping on top of what they really want and making you the sort of go-to person, if you know what I mean. Mm. You become like the tech guy, mm. um, and hopefully you won't end up trying to fix their printers and things. Yeah. <laughs> but you you are their their port of call, and I think the more of that you can do, the better because. There's always there's always something additional that they're going to want round the corner, and like, like we discussed in a 
in an episode a few weeks ago. I think a, a website has a shelf life. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's two years. And really, you want them to be coming to you as a default when yeah. two years are up. And if you've spoken to them on a monthly basis, I think that is incredibly likely to happen. Yeah, or changing on um, when we add that, uh, I remember that episode, and I was thinking what we didn't mention is that you know part of that long-term relationship does allow people to adjust their websites over time yes. by having that relationship yep. with us and yep. save on that big rebuilds yep. cost. Yeah, yep. I've got a call tomorrow where no Friday, uh, I don't know anyway this week where somebody is they've clearly in 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 the stuff that they've sent me they've made it obvious they want to try and get the the bare bones of another page for their website sorted out. So yeah, amending it, keeping it up to date, making sure that it fulfills the business need is really useful. And having that face-to-face time with them, I, I, I can't see me dropping that. Even if it became less profitable, I think the the, the long tail of that conversation is probably worth, it's probably mm. worth doing because mm. the repeat business will ultimately pay for it. It's kind of like a, a cost that I can't really... I can't pin down, I can't put it on a spreadsheet, but I think over time having those weekly conversations, it's a bit like networking. Just keep mm. yourself front of mind. Yeah, and you, you said something actually before we press record about the fact that a lot of clients, and they, this is true, isn't it? See, they're buying a commodity, so they go to you how much for a website. Mm. And I think that's why it becomes quite tricky. We have to, because <laughs> this is the big beef I have. If I buy a commodity and I go to the checkout with this new bit of tech that I'm going to buy. I really, really hate it when they say, do you want an extended warranty on that? Yes. Because I've committed at that point. And it's like saying, you know, actually our product is a load of old rubbish, really. So you'll need this else things will go wrong. So we, yeah. we you know, and I think that that's the, one of the problems, isn't it? Because they are going for a commodity and we have to shift that focus, don't we, to a long-term relationship, I think, most yeah, of us. Yeah, I totally, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I'm not really good at eating my own dog food because if I do buy like a tumble dryer or washing machine, there's no way I'm going to buy the insurance. That's just not That's just not me. But yet I, I talk about care plans. I suppose the difference, though, it, is trying to shift the client from viewing it as a commodity a one-time purchase and trying to shift their focus into, look, this is an evolving platform that you are using to market your business. You're not going to, yeah. you're not going to write a bunch of, uh, I don't know. You're not going to cr- go to a printer shop, get a bunch of flyers, hand all the flyers out and never do that again and expect your business to blossom. It's not going to mm. work. You've got to, if, if that's your strategy, creating flyers, you're going to have to be creating flyers for the rest of your business's life and giving them out for the rest of your business's life. And it's the same with the website. And I don't have that conversation enough, actually, as we're talking. I'm just thinking I really should be talking about that from the outset like you do much more. Yeah, well, I need to be doing more Mm. of it as well and and getting the message right. Do you know that a couple of things that I've seen people do on this, and I've been tempted myself if if I haven't done, I think fail, and that's um, discounting. (laughs) <laughs> to try and yeah. get people on a plan yeah. because I think, you know, if you're trying to value this ongoing relationship, you've just devalued yourself. Yeah. And Never I think done that, no, nope. no. And I think the other thing is, which I've got into as well is <laughs> adding more bloody features to that table. Well, that's yeah. on your plan, you yeah. know, yeah. Oh, we've got two more training videos. I've got this special plugin for security. We've got some analytics. Oh, they just keep adding to that bloody long list. Yeah, I agree. Table. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. I've I've kept my list what it was um, right from the beginning. I don't really change it too much. Having said that, 
I'm happy with the way it is. But you're right. The temptation is just to keep adding things in as new things come. In fact, there's a whole load of things I could add into my care plans because of the the the, the constant march of technology. You know, new plugins have come along that yeah. that, have, that meant that I could, I could actually add that as a bolt-on service for a care plan, but I don't. Uh, I, maybe it's time for me to look at those again. Yeah, maybe. I just think we probably nailed it, really. It's about the conversation, isn't it, that we have with yep. the clients about that's going to that's going to display the value if we can convince them not to see it so much as a product we're probably halfway there yeah so we we make the mistake i did certainly and i've i've still got it in my tables you know adding more stuff on oh this will add more value but they don't care about no the they stuff. really don't and that's what i was <laughs> trying to say earlier you know they're either yeah. they're either a salaried person who just wants rid of it and wants somebody yeah. to do it for them or they're terrified and they don't really care about all those features yeah. but that's where your videos and things come in you know if you constantly updating yeah. some channel where you can educate them to the future possibilities that that really helps as well yeah right hey. go on you were gonna say we're done yeah we're i think done. so i think we are okay great in which case we will say Thank you. Good discussion. Thanks, David. And we'll go to the interview, shall we? Yep. Hello there, and thank you for making it to the interview part of the podcast. Today, all the way from North America, we have Adam Walker. Hello, Adam. Hey, how's it going? It's going. It really is going. That's about as much as I can say for it. Um, Adam and I met in London several, oh, what are we talking, a couple of months ago now. at the Seems like uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah. WordCamp in London. Um, where he was able to demonstrate to me just how good he is at Jenga. Uh, do, do, <laughs> giant Jenga. You remember? Right? <laughs> giant Jenga. Yeah. But that's not the reason we've got him on the podcast. That wouldn't last two minutes. We're actually on the podcast to talk about something which genuinely is cool. Um, he's got a website. Well, I say he. It might develop in a moment that it's him and a bunch of other people. But it's called 48 in 48. So it's the numerals. 48 in 48.org. No spaces. Nothing like that. And this is such an interesting idea. I could do it a disservice, but Adam, do you want to take it and just tell us briefly what it is? I'm, I'm tempted to let you do it a disservice, but okay. I, I guess I can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so 48 and 48, we are a charity and we host events worldwide to build 48 charity websites in 48 hours. So it's, it's one concentrated weekend of work from a Friday night to a Sunday night. That involves usually around 100 volunteers that are in the professional marketing space. So don't think coders so much as sort of constructors. So this is it's all WordPress based. Uh, we do use page builders and we've got kind of a selected series of plugins that we have uh, available and ready to go. And we are constructing 48 uh, sites for 48 charities in 48 hours. That is just awesome. I mean, I've often pondered about the philanthropic nature of, you know, websites and whether I should be doing charity work and stuff. But uh, this is incredible. I mean, if it Just was... Just do 48 and 48. Well, stuff. yeah, exactly. I was thinking, <laughs> you know, if I set this up, it'd be one in 96 or something. Right. Um, well... That, that's that's what happened before, right? It, it, I think that's what we've all been looped into is, you know, we get into these situations with charities where we want to do good. And then we find ourselves sort of dragged along this process six months later with a bunch of meetings and a bunch of calls and, and, and all that sort of stuff and nothing's ever really getting done. And so yeah. our idea for this was let's make the most impact possible for these marketers where they can really make a difference 
But then they can stop at the end of the weekend. I think that's really the benefit of it is that you can come in, you can use your experience to build and, and do good in the world by building websites. And then you can be completely done and hands free and and out the door and and feel great about it because you've actually completed the task. You've handed over the project. The sites actually go live at the event. So it's literally done. And we have follow up support for those nonprofits or charities, I should say. We call them nonprofits in the in the states yeah. here. So with the Ch- charities. OK, yeah. Um, nonprofits, and, charities, uh, same thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, and so the, so the charities do have support, but but the volunteers are not responsible for that support. How um how on earth did you arrive at the number forty eight in four? I mean I know there's forty eight hours it's in, a gimmick, in two days. Of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, right. Uh, very so, honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, let's just let's just be truthful here. Uh, so my uh, my co-founder, it was actually really his idea, and he came to me and he said, "Okay, Adam, uh, you know, you build websites, and he had built websites in the past, but he'd moved on to mobile apps. He's got a mobile app studio here in Atlanta." And he had uh, he he came to me and he said, "Hey, how many websites can we build in a weekend? Can we build ten? And, and he played this game with me. He already had a number in his head, right? And I said, "Yeah, we can build 10. And He said, "Okay, how about twenty five? And yeah, we can build twenty five. Well, how about forty five? Well, okay, well, yeah, we could probably build forty five. Okay, how about fifty? Can we build fifty websites in a weekend? I'm, saying, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, look, let's just stop there. I think so. <laughs> and he said, "Okay, let's back it down to forty eight and forty eight. That sounds better for marketing. So. <laughs> Plus, the domain was available. <laughs> exactly, that's right. I think he might have already purchased it by that time. I'm not sure how how much he suckered me into it, but so, it was something like that. I mean, the process of it, it seems incredible to me. Um, you obviously you pick a location somewhere on Earth. I mean, it's largely from from what I see on the website. It, it feels like it's North America largely, with expanding right. out into places like London in right. I think November, from what you said to me before we started the call. Right. What do you do? Do you hire one room and stick all the volunteers in that room? Or is it like some kind of big Zoom session where everybody's, um, you know, on some sort of big webinar call? How does it actually look and work? Yeah, we try to have everybody on site. So there there are a few sort of uh, virtual volunteers, but it's very, very, very few. I'd say, I'd say less than 5%. Okay. So we go to a city. We really want to engage with the marketing community in that city in particular. And we want to invite them to come and, and, and be a part of this in person. So for the London event, for example, we're going to have it at IBM's um, IX facility, which I think is right in Waterloo area. And, you know, really nice facility, great location. And, you know, we'll have 100 people, you know, packed in there, broken off into teams. And, and we do fun things and we do, we do you know, kind of games or what we call sort of like moments of joy where we like do goofy stuff and, and giveaways, but then we kind of break out in teams and have a lot of fun that way. We also tend to have very good food at the events as well. So uh, lots of food, <laughs> lots, of, lots of Red Bull. Uh, but, but, you know, and I should say along with that, no one really stays the 48 hours either. So that's a, another kind of misconception that's helpful to know. Like everybody ends up leaving to sleep. I don't think anybody really wants to go 48 hours straight building a website. Um, but but if everybody sleeps in some capacity, whether it's at the location or they have a hotel nearby or they have a, a home, you know, within yep. a close distance. Oh, yeah. Because can, can you imagine the, the errors creeping in in the oh, 47th man. and 48th? Yeah, the, the quality assurance testing at the end of the event would be terrible if everybody's going, all right, there's it's hour 46. It looks great. Let's, let's, we're <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. We just want to go home. Where's so, the beer? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm imagining there's all these people in a room um, um, or with a laptop, um, you know, eager to get going on hour zero. How yep. how do you what, what, how do you even organize that? So you've tried, you've got forty eight website projects. We'll come to how they get queued up in a minute, but right. you've got forty eight projects that you need to to be done. How do you how do you organize who's going on what? 
So we, we typically have teams constructed before the event and we have project managers that are over those teams before the event. And so the teams have had at least a little bit of collaboration pre-event, like a, like at least one conference call, for example. And so when they come to the event, really the first hour or two is kind of acclimating to the space, kicking off, eating dinner, and then getting with your team and starting to look through the documents that are provided from the nonprofit. So we have a whole process the nonprofits go through to provide documents to be ready for the event. So it's like there's a branding document, there's a website content document, that sort of things. And so uh, so the teams are, are already aware of one another. And a lot of the teams will actually even sign up together. So like, for example, an agency will often bring one large team of people or two smaller teams of people. And then like, uh, uh, like IBM, for example, we're hosting it at IBM. I assume they're going to have a team of several people. And, and here in, in Atlanta, you know, we had teams from IBM and from State Farm and UPS and Home Depot. And so a lot of these larger companies that have marketing departments will bring teams too. But then in addition to that, there's also a lot of freelance people that are individuals that will uh, join up and just say, Hey, I'm not, I'm not a part of a team. Sign me up with somebody and they'll get put together into teams based on their skill set. And okay. so then they'll meet one another pre event also on a phone call and then, you know, meet each other in person at the event. Okay. So the, the 48 out 48 in 48 is literally, you know, there's probably actually 48 in about 6,000 because there's probably an awful lot of preamble and phone calls going on by organized by you and your colleagues, just so that that 48 is proper work time and not faffing about like what what should we have over here and who should be on our team and what color palette right. do they want and so on oh that's cool yeah so it's so it's a it's the 48 hours are to build the website right but the preparation for the website for both for both the team and for the charity all happens before the event that's all done um so who if i was to put out a call and say people of the internet we would like you to join this project who who are the ideal people that you i, I guess guess want maybe there's a, a hole in in the sort of uh, the, the army of people that you've got or maybe you, you've got particular badges you know we want marketers or we want web designers or we want coders or, or i don't know who, who, who yeah. do you want so yeah yes everybody you just said that sounds good let's let's get them signed up so uh, <laughs> no we want um we want marketers. We want people that understand marketing and messaging. I think that's really important. So, um, so, you know, for example, I love having WordPress people at the event, but I can also have an event with a whole bunch of people that have never touched WordPress before and I can train them quickly. We have a method for training them quickly enough to use the tool set to build the sites, even with very little WordPress knowledge. So mm -hmm. having, so I find that it's really important to have people that deeply understand WordPress at the event to offer a more deep level of support, but then there can be people there that have never even touched WordPress before that, that we can train along the way. So, so we need people, we need that mix. We need a, a mix of people that really genuinely understand marketing and how does the website need to be constructed? What do we need to say at the top? And how do we make sure this messaging is really going to impact their audience? And what is the call to action and those kinds of things. So that's kind of, kind of that graphic design content right. sort of marketer sort of person. But then we also need those WordPress people and they, and they may be the same people, right, that, that, that are, have a multiple, uh, multiple kind of areas of, yep. of specialty. But, but then we need the WordPress people that can actually help to implement some of that stuff. Somebody that's actually used Gravity Forms before, for example, is very helpful okay. uh, at the event. You know? so, um, so I would say, to, to get more simple for your question, I think we need, we need graphic designers. We need di you know, technical digital marketers that understand the messaging side. We need WordPress people. 
Um, to some degree, some front-end people that understand CSS and JavaScript are helpful as well. Um, I'd say those are kind of the four key areas. And then, and then, of course, project managers. We have to have project managers to actually run the project. So we, our goal is to have about 24 project managers per event. So okay. they'll manage more than one project okay. each. And do they sort of go off and sit in little areas like, okay, you're on X website and you're on Y website. You go over there, you go over there, and your project manager will float around and make sure that things are ticking over? Or do you all just sort of mingle in a room and everybody kind of like has a go at anything? So for example, if I'm an expert at gravity forms, do I flip from project to project doing the gravity forms bit? Or how does it, how does it work? Yeah, uh, so I'm going to go with yes uh, for that. So yeah, it's it's, it, it's really it's a little bit of both. So people do hive off into their teams and and sort of cluster around and get things built. But then if there are people that are specialists in a particular thing or really understand something better than the rest of than everyone else does, they do sort of get tagged to sort of float around and help yep. fix those yep. those minor things. Um, so it all sounds like a lot of fun, but fun is entirely not the point. The point right. is to build um, these websites. Right. Who who are you building them for? Um, how you know? How do they alert you that they need this website? Is there a particular area of of charity work, nonprofit work that you're interested in? Is it like the environment? Is it animals? Is it is it what? It's everybody. Uh, right. We we want to serve every type of charity. That's doing good. So there are there are a few criteria uh, to this, and and I should also mention, um, it's actually surprisingly hard to get charities to sign up for getting a free website. Wow. Uh, there are a number of hurdles sort of to that. One of the hurdles is the the idea that it's sort of too good to be true. If it's too good to be true, it's not true. Sort of you know oh, sort yeah, of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, there's also just the hurdle that most charities that are smaller, and that's who we're really working with. Uh, tend to be so busy doing the good that they they do in the world that they're unaware of the opportunities that are around them. And okay. so, um, so what what I what I really desperately need uh, from your audience really are two things. One is help us find the charities that can sign up and really benefit from this. And number two, uh, come volunteer at the event. So so back to the charities and what the criteria is. It's actually pretty simple criteria. So um, we'd like for the charities to be on the smaller side. So we want them to have under a three million uh, budget. Typically, so that, and that's not necessarily a hard and fast rule, but any charity that has you know a multi 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 million dollar budget is going to have website needs that are well beyond what can be accomplished in forty eight hours. Mm. And honestly, they have they they should have a budget line item to pay for those needs too. So, um, so we really want to work with charities that just can't afford good marketing. Um, we do want the charities to have a staff person of some kind. Again, that's a little bit of a flexible rule tool too. But you know the idea there being that if there's a staff person. They can manage the website. They can grow the website. They can see this thing continue to grow for a longer period of time. And then, you know, lastly, they, the charities have to gen, generally be non-religious, non-political. So we're not going to do a, a, a place of worship website. Um, we're not going to do a, a very, very fringe political group website. You know, we're going to avoid very fringe uh, scary issues and okay. we're going to avoid and we're going to avoid sort of general religious stuff and we're going to take everybody in between 100%. Do you invite that person from the organization to come along um, to the event and be a part of the build and put their you know put their ideas into how it's going at the time? Man that'd be a nightmare wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> I was wondering no. that exact thing. <laughs> no so so we do this um we love the nonprofits and we want the teams to meet the, non, the the charities because we want 
there to be a, a connection there between the volunteer team and the charity. But so so the, the charities are invited in on Saturday to meet the team, to see progress on the website. And then we will do we actually do a training with the charities for about three hours about just general digital marketing. So how do you tell your story? What should you be considering with social media? How do you manage your new website? What are some best practices for creating content? Those types of things. And so we bring the we bring the charities in. They do a meet and greet for 30 minutes with their teams. Then we we sort of usher them away to this <laughs> this training. And they do the training and have a really good time. Usually they'll sort of float back in to say hello to their teams one more time on the way out the door. And then we usher them away again uh, so that the teams can actually get back to work and get stuff done. Is there any ongoing relationship um, after the website 48 hours is over? So, for example, I mean, we all know what it's like. You, despite the, the best training in the world, a need arises six minutes right. after the, you know, after the, the guys <laughs> have left their 48 hour session, something, yeah. something breaks. I didn't understand it. I never wrote the notes down, blah, blah, blah. Right. How, how do they how do they manage that going forwards? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. Um, there are volunteers that will choose to remain in contact with mm-hmm. their charities, and they can and they can help. And that's that's a complete a, a, a choice of the volunteer themselves. It's not a choice of anyone else. And, and we tell the charities that they should expect to not be in contact with the volunteers after the event. So, um, so that that's one option. Uh, however, the probably the better answer is we offer. So we do a couple of things after the event we have what we call post event support for the for the next week and and that's that's kind of like a wrap up volunteer team that helps to run through issues for a week after the event so we tell the nonprofits like listen when your site goes live on Sunday it's probably going to be about 90% complete we recognize that there's going to be a couple of things here and there and that's okay and you shouldn't freak out and here's where you go to submit trouble tickets for that and we've got a volunteer team that's going to help you finish that out so then after that's done after that week then we have continued support um, through a partnership with GoWP. I don't know if you're familiar oh, yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're great, great support guys. And so they uh, they help us to support for for 30 days after the event. Huh. So it's uh, they the the charities stay on our platform for 30 days after the event. They've got uh, free support uh, and I, I should say free limited support. Yeah, through yeah. that GoWP. So GoWP really answers a lot of questions. They can't do a lot of things because there's just too many to do. Um, but there is like there is at least support there. And then um, after that 30 days, the nonprofits are welcome to stay on our platform and pay us for hosting and maintenance and support and all that stuff. Or they can zip up their files and go anywhere they want. Uh, and we actually even have created a partnership with GoDaddy uh, where GoDaddy's giving charities free hosting for a year if they're a 48 and 48 charity. And so we're not trying to lock charities into staying on our hosting. In fact, I'd kind of like it if they don't yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's less yeah, yeah. headache for yeah. me to deal with. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so they have the option. I think maybe 10% stay with us and that's fine. And then everybody else goes, you know, wherever they'd like to go. Yeah. And, and they're great. And, and the nice thing about even transferring is like GoWP also kind of has a deal where they help us, uh, they help charities, migrate their website for a hundred dollars us uh which is i mean for migrating a website is next to nothing yep um that's, that's amazing yeah <laughs> so I, I tell i always tell the charity is like listen if you're going to migrate your website just just pay the money and, and be done with it it's just going to be better for you <laughs> yeah yeah otherwise you can pay somebody else a lot more after the fact um, more. yeah a lot and more. do you so i'm imagining this 48 hours is it is it I'm just trying to think if I could pull that off. You know, somebody said to me, I've got to have a website in 48 hours. Could, could I pull that off by myself? I'm, so, and I'm imagining as the 48 hours approaches, everything gets a bit frenetic and a bit 
stressful is it is it like that or is it there's a general calm and serene atmosphere no it's actually really fun i think um i think most of our volunteers sort of recognize like this has been done before right Mm so we we just finished our 10th event overall so we started off with one event in year one and we and we continue to ramp up so this year we'll have six events next year i think we should we'll have a either eight or nine and so we we've got a lot of experience in our belts and our volunteers recognize that and so it you know there there's a there's an anticipation to it but it's not a there's not a frenzy to it you know it's it's very uh, methodical we sort of know what's coming we can walk volunteers through it so it's not stressful really at all. Um, it's really, I think I'd say it's more fun than stressful. Certainly for me anyway. Yeah, good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> and um, do you ever have things that are unfinished, dare I ask, after 48 hours? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there, I mean, and that's why we created that volunteer team for the week after because there's always something that just gets completely missed or something mm. like that. Because, you know, these are, these are people that, I mean, they're volunteers, right? They're doing their very best, but there's always going to be either something small or large that gets missed. I mean, I've, you know, I've gone onto sites and there's still lorem ipsum on a homepage and I'm like, Oh, come on guys. And so I will say (laughs) that's gotten a lot better because we have a better quality assurance testing process on Sunday than we used to have. Hmm. Um, so I would, I would say that the last two events in particular, we've had almost zero of that sort of thing happening nice. um, because we've had like a whole quality assurance team just really running through the sites over and over and over and over again, making notes. Uh, we use Trello to make notes so everybody can see them. Yep. And, um, and, and so we're just constantly in Trello making notes and just improving, improving, improving. And I'd, I'd say our last event had the least issues of all of our events by far, which oh, was pretty amazing. So you use Trello as a live task assignment sort of thing. So, yeah. you know, if, if I'm working on X website over here every hour or two, I'll just look at Trello and hopefully one yep. of your quality assurance guys has updated something and said, you know, there's Laura Mipsum on the homepage. Yeah, so every every uh-huh. one of the 48 sites has its own Trello board with a series of, uh, of cards that are in columns related yeah, to... Yeah you know, discovery, build, you know, whatever, whatever, pl- plugins, features, that sort of thing. Do you have a fairly tight uh, hold on what the what the charities can ask of you? So, for example, yes. is, there a, is there an anecdotal limit of page numbers? Um, yes. An anecdotal limit <laughs> yeah. of specs and things like, you know, we're not building Facebook yeah. here, ladies and gentlemen. We're five-page <laughs> website, please, something like that. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, there, and there has to be right. Um, when, the, and that's the worst nightmare when we get into a, a weekend and realize there's a nonprofit that has a 50 page website and somehow they expect that all 50 pages are going to be, you know, migrated and live and formatted and everything else. Like that's just not doable. So we do a, I think that's a 10 page limit. Um, it may be a little, maybe an eight page limit. I have to look at it, but it's, uh, I believe it's a 10 page limit. And we let them know like these are, we're only doing these and there might be an import that has more pages if you had a previous WordPress site or something, but we're only going to look at 10 pages total. That's all we can do in a weekend. And, and as far as features go, like there's a, a pretty clear list of features that we're able to support. And then a pretty clear, you know, disclaimer of what we cannot support beyond that. So we're not going to support like deep uh, CRM integrations with crazy APIs. Like, I'm sorry, we just can't do that no. in 48 hours. You know, <laughs> I'm interested also to know about your technology stack. You know, what 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 is in the default install that these guys will sit down? I'm yeah. talking about WordPress, of course. Um, of course. We'll sit down yeah. and and be playing with. Like you mentioned, a page builder. You mentioned yep. uh, a form builder. Um, a, can, yep. you, can you run through that? Because that, that would be really interesting to me. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't know that I know all of them off the top of my head. I know, okay. I know several. Um, so so I, I should say this. So what we built is 
a WordPress multi-tenancy setup. So it's not uh, multi-site. Yes. Uh, this is a, it's a multi-tenancy install. It's built on DigitalOcean, so we can spin up uh, new servers. I, I guess DigitalOcean calls them droplets. Yep. Uh, on the fly, we can add resources on the fly as needed, and uh, and we we can spin up. I mean, basically 48 of the exact same site, uh, more or less instantaneously. Yeah, it's very quick. Um, it's really, really great. It took us a long. It took us a while to sort of build out the whole multi-tenancy thing, but it's worked out great. And so, as a part of that, we also have the platform uh, fully and completely locked down. So there's no adding plugins. There's no adding themes to this, which means that um, we're never going to have a team go buy some terrible theme on Theme Forest and use it for the for the the event, which is Phew. great because. Yeah, we don't have to deal with that craziness, right? So, um, so really, uh, as far as themes go, we really just have one, uh, which is Beaver Builder. Um, so yep. we only use Beaver Builder, the Beaver Builder theme, and the Beaver Builder plugin is our, our page builder of choice. Um, and uh, and they've been they've been great supporters. Robbie's uh, from Beaver Builders on our national committee, and he and he's really helping us out a lot. And um, so so that's the builder side. And then on the plugin side, it's it's kind of a, again, it's locked down. You can't add any plugins to it. At the event, inevitably, someone will ask us to add plugins, and we—I'd say about 95% of the time, the answer has to be no. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of fringe cases where they make a really good argument, and then one of our developers will go add something to the platform, but that's yeah. pretty rare. Um, but I mean, it, you know, it's got the typical stuff you'd expect, like Gravity Forms, Yoast. Um, it's got—you uh, know—we do have several uh, premium plugins that we use, like Beaver Builder Pro is one of the premium oh, I was plugins. Oh, say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and we cover, and we have all those licenses covered, and so when the nonprofit remains on our platform, all those licenses remain covered uh, for the duration of them being on our platform. When it goes off, then, of course, the, the charity would then have to buy their own licenses to get their own updates and that sort of thing, and we let them know that up front, but, I mean, it's typically very, very cheap to do that. Yeah. They, any, any site's probably using maybe two premium theme or premium plugins, and it's going to be really cheap to buy two licenses typically. So, yeah. um, And I'm trying to remember... It, I'm honestly drawing a blank on all of, like there's like 30 or 40 plugins and I I can remember like two right now. Oh really? <laughs> oh, wow, 30 or 40. That's a, that is yeah. quite a lot. I wouldn't well, may, I mean I, I may be exaggerating. It might, it might not be 30 or 40. It might be like I, I it's definitely 15 or 20 I'd say. But mm. I'm I'm honestly having trouble remembering. I'm going to see if I can log in as we're talking here and and re recall what uh, any of them happen to be. I'll let you know if I manage to do any yeah. do that. Do so. you do you um do you find that everybody is sort of satisfied at the end? You know, I mean you, you we mentioned that some things might be 90% right. there. Um so yeah, and obviously they've written their brief the, the charities yeah, or the, the, the volunteers? The charities, <laughs> well, the volunteers, frankly, they're volunteering, you know. You yeah, know. Well, volunteers are very satisfied. They have a blast. Um, <laughs> and the yeah, charities so, themselves, do they tend yeah. to sort of say, oh, that's so cool. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. It's interesting. Um, I would say we have probably about a 90% satisfaction rate with the charities. So, and, and what's interesting about that is that there are a few that are vocal about their their happiness uh, I'd say most of them are kind of quiet. Um, yeah. So, you know, they, they sort of are, are happy to it's like it's like this relief almost like they're just like, whoo, I'm done. Finish the marathon. And they're and they're, they're just kind of off and, and home. Uh, and there's there's a few that are that can be unhappy from time to time. And, yeah. and we sort of we certainly work hard to support them. And I would say we we do a good job of that the large majority of the time. There's there's always a, a percentage of people that are just never going to be happy at all. Mm. And and there there comes a point where you have to recognize that, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, but it's rare. And and I, I'd say for the most part, uh, there's a lot of graciousness and a lot of excitement among the charities that we work with. Where just in case we've got the international audience, we've got people from all over the place listening to this actually. Um where yeah. are the where are the ones in the future? Uh, we mentioned London in the, later this yep. year, twenty eighteen. Have you got any more lined up? 
we want to go well so we we want to go everywhere really uh so what we're trying to do is we're trying to gain momentum and work out the systems processes and technology in in familiar and easy territory right so that's as you mentioned most of the events are in the states that's because the states are going to be a lot easier for us to to mm. produce events we don't have to we don't have to figure out new things uh we are expanding and branching out into london because we wanted we wanted to try that and felt like you know there's not a language barrier so that's got something going for it and, and let's let's see where we can get with that um Ultimately, though, by 2025, we really want to be in 48 cities worldwide in one year. Wow. So, we, we, I mean, we want to be everywhere. We want to be all over Europe. We want to be in, in Asia. We want to be in South America. We want to be, I mean, we really want to serve globally with what we're doing. Um, but we've got to, we got to get the technology and the processes built to the point in, in the systems down to the point where we know we can scale this in mass and yeah. we can add 15 cities next year, not five or three or whatever. So, um, so I, I would say, uh, keep an eye out. We're, we're going to, we're, we're aggressively growing, uh, for now we will, we'll, we'll grow some more in the U S we might look at Canada a bit. We might look at, at another European city. Uh, that's that's kind of a, similar to London as well, but I, I don't think we'll get too aggressive with growth probably until the next two to three years, and then we'll start kind of going and getting more aggressive, going into areas that are different languages and that sort of thing. Does this require you and your colleagues to get on a plane? Are you personally involved in being in the room at the time, or, or are you hoping to grow it to the point where you... I'm going to use the word affiliate. That's the wrong word yeah. entirely, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Where somebody could yeah. become yeah. A, a sponsor of an event yeah. um, or, or a proprietor of an event say in yep. a, a uk city um, and they would go under the auspices of 48 and 48 but would manage it and you could stay at home and do an event at the same time yeah that's that's the goal uh, we're not there yet but that's 100 percent my goal is that these will be run by volunteers with no need for our team to travel and then we can create the support infrastructure around it we can create the technology we can help round up the the charities but then ultimately it would be a, a team of volunteers actually leading the charge in their local city because that's i mean that's really kind of the idea like like the dream is that we want local volunteers serving local charities in there that are serving their local city like that's that's the yes. perfect scenario, yeah yeah right? yeah that's a good and, idea yeah and that's it's it's not that's not perfect yet. We don't like, for example, we don't have enough charities signed up. So I, I, I doubt, for example, in London that every single charity will be in London right now. I, hopefully most of them will be in the UK, but they won't all be located in London. And there might even have to be some from other parts of the world, too, depending on how many signups we get. Right. So but but as we expand, as we get better marketing, more PR, more exposure, we can get more and more and more hyper local where we have London people serving London charities that are serving London people, right? And that's kind of the, the long-term dream. Um, does this, if you set yourself up in London, is the intention therefore to kind of make that an annual event, a bit like a WordCamp or something? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So, well, I mean, once we've got the ball rolling, there's no need, no need to stop, right? So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, we've already done the hard work. We've already created the partnerships. We've already met great people like yourself, you know, so I can see myself like, like hey, let's do a podcast again next year and talk about that. <laughs> Yes, you know? it'll so it'll be ninety five in ninety five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've already we've already done the hard work, right? And so let's just let's keep going and and see what we can do to make it even better the next year. And that's what we find is that you know the first year in a city is very very exciting, very new, very fresh, really really interesting. And then, but it just it gets better and better and better and better as people get more and more involved and and they come back year over year. We have people in Atlanta 
that have been at every single Atlanta event nice. um, since we've started it nice. because it's just so much fun. I have um, I have had a look at some of the sites, and, and to be honest with you, it's impressive. It is impressive what you can do in 48 hours. You know, you, you look at yeah, them and you think, that. man alive, that looks like somebody swept the details. Um, yeah. And, of, you know, sometimes it's quite nice with that pressure and also with a, a, a strange set of people that you don't normally sit with and... You know, that creates an interesting dynamic. It kind of feels like this whole podcast has been leading up to this next sentence. And the next <laughs> sentence is, how do you get in touch with you guys and volunteer your charity or yourself? Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a long sales pitch here. I like that. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so uh, you go to the website, you know, 40 is you. It's the numerals 48 in uh, 48in48.org. And you can click on on volunteer or on uh, our nonprofit, and then and then sign up that way. And, and we're ready. I mean, we've got everything ready. Um, we are uh, we're certainly uh, been working on being GDPR compliant, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, we are there. We've uh, spent a lot of time on that. And um, and and yeah, we're uh, we're really really excited about it. I, I've uh, I've gotten to travel to London twice now, getting ready for this event, and I and have met just some of the most amazing people. And I'm really, really looking forward to coming. I, I am going to come back for the London event and, and we'll be there personally. And uh, I, I really just can't wait. It's going to yeah, be so much fun. Nice. And if, for example, say that I'm from, I don't know, Australia or I'm from France or something and I don't see the location uh, yep. on your website. It, it, you mentioned earlier you get a few people logging in through some other system or other, you know, maybe Skype or whatever you've got going. Yes. It, are you actively looking for those people as well? or are you? Oh, put, absolutely. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they can they can sign up uh, if they want to. If they don't want to, you know, sign up for a specific city, they can sign up sort of as other, and uh, we can we can pull them in the loop as a virtual volunteer, and then they can help out either you know during a forty eight hour event. So if they want to just be an off site uh, virtual volunteer for you know say the London event or the Atlanta event, they're welcome to do that. Uh, alternatively, they can be a part of the team that helps with the cleanup effort, you know, right. after the events. So right. too, I mean, there's there's a lot of different opportunities there. Uh, for them to, to plug in and help out. It's a genuinely cool project. Um, you know, the, the philanthropic nature of it, the fact that you're giving an awful lot uh, in such a short space of time. I love the fact that you're giving away a weekend where, you know, other initiatives like this, it feels like you're giving away a large proportion of your year. Like um, months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And little dribbles, you know, a little, a couple of hours here and a couple of hours there, whereas this is one big hit. Yeah. You'll feel good about yourself. You'll have done some good for a community, an organization, a charity, a nonprofit somewhere in the world. It's a fantastic initiative i i applaud you for doing it and um and i i would i would encourage anybody listening to this podcast to you know go to 48in48.org reach out to adam and, and his colleagues and, and get yourself onto an event as soon as you possibly can i'd love that thank you so much for coming on the podcast adam i have no doubt that we'll be hearing more about this in the future that sounds great i really appreciate you having me this was a lot of fun take care and today's end, in fact, is about Gutenberg. I'm sure everybody knows that Gutenberg is something that's going to roll out into WordPress version 5, and it's going to replace the default editor. But I thought we'd just say about the name, if those who don't know why it became Gutenberg. And it comes from Johannes Gutenberg. I had to look up how to say his name. And uh, he was a 15th century German blacksmith who introduced printing to Europe with the printing press and more specifically movable type printing press which is made up of blocks. 
So that's my understanding, Nathan, that we've got the um, they've taken that name because in the connection with publishing and blocks. The, um, the the way it's pronounced is interesting because I say Guttenberg because mm. I live in the north of England and G-U-T is gut. Um, yes. Whereas everybody else seems to say Goot with a G-O-O-T, Gutenberg. What, you've just pronounced it Gutenberg. Is that how I should actually pronounce it? Well, I think so. I mean, I've been I've been looking up the pronunciation for his name, and that comes out. But of course, it is. I think those um, online helps are by Americans, but it's probably better because it sounds less. You know, as UK folks, it sounds less like a SS officer, doesn't it? Yeah. Gutenberg <laughs> sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yes, it does. I, I, You're right. I said I, I said I was going to disable Gutenberg or Gutenberg to for my clients, and the only comment I got back, you know, temporarily when it comes out, was that yeah, yes, please, it's a terrible name. Yeah, I mean, realistically, it was the sort of it, it's like a um, it's a project name that shouldn't really reach the, a wider <laughs> audience. It should have been like the secret covert name. Okay, we're working on Project Gutenberg, and then when it's finally released, it's just called the editor. Um, yeah, the new WordPress editor, and then after six weeks, drop the word new. Um, yes, but it has to be yeah. called something. But I think it is gonna. Yeah, I I read um a, an article recently where it was about the most important inventions of all time, and yeah. uh, the printing press by Gutenberg, Johannes Gutenberg, came mm. in at second place um, because it obviously enabled ordinary mortals who weren't in any way um, connected with the aristocracy or what have you to uh, read for the first time and become educated. So that's terribly important. Have a guess what came first. Well, I don't know. The Out light bulb. Oh, the light. Yes, of course. The light bulb. And the argument was that suddenly humans didn't have to operate on a 12-hour day. Uh, they could work on a 24-hour day suddenly. So we've doubled the amount of time that we could get up to stuff, like printing things. <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's another interesting thing about printing press when we look at privacy now, because it's it's often attributed as the start of privacy, the idea that you can have secret information, if you like, that mm. only certain people like adults can have. And the concept of privacy kind of developed out of the printing press. There you go. You could stash mm. it away. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Everything else privately was in your own head until that point. All right. Go on. I've got, I've got another bonus. Something I read, which I thought was interesting. He spent so much money creating this, the printing press, that he lost his own printing business to pay oh. off his debts. Oh, you know? no. Oh, no. <laughs> it was terribly laborious, wasn't it? You know, you had to select a bunch of, like, wooden pre-carved letters. Maybe they were metal. I don't know. And, and arrange them all, you know. Um, and then you had to wet this piece of leather and sort of press it onto the letters. And then you could print one page or whatever at a time and then if you wanted to change the texture to manually pull out all the letters terribly inefficient by today's modern standards yeah. but and no but the, and no light bulb no, no exactly you only had to do it during the day oh dear egads <laughs> right should we um should we yes, say please. should we say this is the end thank you everybody for listening to the wp builds podcast once again and amazing if you got right to the end i don't know exactly how many people ever managed to listen to right to the end but there you go um please go over to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and all the links far too many links in a really ugly way are presented there for you 
Uh, and remember, we've got a deals page now, which is uh, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. Great. Okay, it only remains to fade in, fade in the cheesy music and say goodbye from me, Nathan Wrigley. And it's goodbye from me, David Wormsey. Bye-bye. Tatty bye. Bye.